Okay, it's recording. How do you want to do the intro? I don't want to, like, introduce myself. I don't want to be like, and I'm Chris. Yeah, and I'm Alexander. I don't want to do the thing where I'm like, so, Chris, how's it going today? And you're like, hey, Alexander, because that also seems fake. Yeah, but it's like, I don't want to be pretending like we're in second grade introducing ourselves in class, so I don't really know how we're going to... I mean, I feel like it can just be, I'm Chris. I mean, yeah, shit. <laughs> You're Chris. I'm Alexander. On this podcast, we talk about TNG and other stuff. Boom. Engage. What? You know, engage, like Picard says. Make it Don't so. Say engage. <laughs> engage. Hello, hello. Episode 12, season one. What were we thinking about calling it? You have any ideas? Yeah, I think it should just be called the best one so far. Yeah. Or like this one wasn't exhausting. Exactly. I wasn't like looking at the clock or just looking at my own reflection in the TV screen, which is something I've actually done in the other episodes. <laughs> like I'm just seeing my own face reflected in the TV. I'm like, fuck, this is boring as shit. Yeah. So this was, this was the first one, the first one where I didn't look at my phone during the episode. Yeah. I was looking at my phone to take notes, but I wasn't, like, you know, scrolling through whatever. <laughs> looking at my old pictures on my phone and deleting stuff just to use the time. Right. So, yeah, I agree. It was really good. And also, like, let's just start by saying, shout out to Brent Spiner. Is that how you say his name? I think that's how you say his name. Because uh, he's a great actor. I kind of feel like he's underrated. I know everybody says, like, Data is an iconic character, but I really felt like his acting in this episode was great. I was impressed. Yeah. So let's start with a quick synopsis, um, and then we'll jump right in. Yeah. You want to take that away? Sure. Uh, so basically we find, the crew finds uh, remnants or, like, pieces of <clears throat> another android that looks exactly like Data. And they reassemble him, and uh, turns out we've found Lore, finally, which is Data's, sort of Data's brother, um, because they were created by the same scientist man. Uh, yes, and, Dr. Uh, Nguyen yeah. Sung, I believe. Right. <laughs> of course. And, uh, How do you not remember that name? Yeah. <laughs> yes, and so, so we find Lore, and we get to know Lore a little bit, and um, the whole episode is basically, is Lore good or bad? What are his intentions? And ultimately, turns out that Lore is much more of a dick than Data. So, it, it, yeah, just to be a little bit more specific, it turns out that Lore was created first, and he was too human, according to right. Lore. And that, right. that he kind of made these colonists that, um, that were living on this planet uncomfortable because he was better than them or jealous as he says and like so then they disassembled him and made data who is a little bit more palatable because he doesn't understand humanity he's not sort of challenging to the colonists so and he's like they're both aware of their superiority to humans but data doesn't like relish in that fact where he, like, doesn't even have the ability to, like, enjoy that sensation of 
knowing that you're superior, but Lore really enjoys the fact that he's superior to humans. Uh, and he has the human qualities of jealousy. He has emotion. Data right. tries to learn how to have emotion, and in some ways there's that classic sort of understanding of like, okay, so Data is in some ways more human than the rest of us because he's trying, you know, whereas Lore is not choosing to be human. He, he has these emotions that are innate in him and that cause him to do bad things, right? Right. And be manipulative and so on. So, yeah, ultimately there's another sort of subplot. This was good because it was like one plot, basically, um, and there's no dumb subplot. Or yeah. uh, there's this crystalline entity that was on the Star Trek Monopoly board that I had when I was growing up, so I was familiar with it. Um, it's fun when I run into those. Anyway, um, I'm pretty sure the crystalline entity is like the jail, get out of, or the jail on the Monopoly board. Um, <laughs> or maybe it's one of those cards that you get and you like lose 50 bucks or whatever. Anyway, so uh, the, when they get to the, um, the planet where Data was found, because they say this is where Data was found. Like he was an empty dead planet where life has been completely sucked off of the planet. And Data was just there, and he was kind of found by a Star Trek crew, or a, a Starfleet crew, and, uh, yeah. And so there's and these... There's all these, like, pictures, right? There's all these pictures, images of some sort of weird, like, spindly, spiky ball in the sky, which I thought I thought was going to be... A supernova <laughs> sun? That's yeah, I thought it was going to be a star going supernova and wiping out all life on this planet which would have been much cooler and made way more sense um kind, well, i mean kind of but because that happens really quickly right does it or does it happen slowly because it's it's children's drawings that they discover like this secret door that leads to the lab where data was built and that's where they find Laura's parts yeah so, so you can actually uh, i mean uh, <clears throat> obviously we wouldn't know from experience but when a supernova happens um you can actually see it in the sky, uh, before it reaches, before any sort of, uh, you know, radiation reaches you. Oh, okay. So that yeah. makes, I, uh, cause I was thinking like, okay, supernova, cause they go into the lab and they see that the, the doctors who had been working on it had like four or five children's pictures hung up. They keep saying like proud parents, proud parents. For some reason they repeat that, per, that phrase a bunch of times. Anyway. Right. So it's like these kids have been drawing this thing in the sky and they think it might be the reason that the, there's no life left. Because all the colonists are dead. There's no sign of anybody, right? And right. Uh, Lore eventually reveals through like expositing to Data's unconscious corpse that he learned to communicate with this crystalline entity. And he basically sold out the colonists and then it came and sucked the life off of the planet. And he says his plan is to attract the crystalline entity to the Enterprise and um, let let that uh, entity suck the life off the Enterprise. So he has this convoluted plan where he's gonna, you know, say you'll know me as Data because he kind of he tr he knocks Data out, takes his clothes, and then puts this facial tick on Data that Lore had right. So like he's you know he's duping everybody except for Wesley. We'll get to that. And then the ending is like he's gonna beam. He's gonna. Uh, open up the shield and the crystalline entity can suck everybody's life out and then data comes back with um beverly crusher and wesley and they defeat lauren and, and transport him out into space and the crystalline entity leaves so right and that's the end of the episode so i like a uh i, I do enjoy 
like an identical twin switcheroo plot. Yeah. Those are always kind of, yeah, that those are always, or usually, um, to, you know, tension building and, and interesting when they're, when the writing is good. Um, so I thought this, <clears throat> this, uh, switcheroo that they did was, was good and convincing and, uh, except for the fact that uh, once again, even though this was the best episode so far, again, uh, the premise of the episode depended on everybody being an idiot, everybody being stupid, Except for and Wesley. not believing, not believing Wesley when he tries to tell everyone what's going on. And this is the worst of those because Picard literally says, shut up, Wesley. And then he's <laughs> still trying to talk. This is like the fifth time he's like, hello. He like sees that lore. He, so he goes into the room to get data, right? And, you know, data and lore were in the room and uh, lore poisons data's champagne. And um, yeah, he comes in and it's pretty obvious that lore has taken data's spot because he's using conjunctions, which they've established as something that data can't do. And then... Um, and he also has the facial tick. And so Wesley, Wesley's like kind of suspicious. And then he goes to the bridge. He's like, I'm not sure that's him. And, and Picard's like, how dare you? And then, and then Riker's like, how dare you? He, they're like all chiding him. And then, you yeah. know, it's just like they keep, they literally tell him to shut up. Then, then Beverly's like, shut up, Wesley. And then it's just like, dude. Anyway. Um, yeah. He's I wanted never to... been wrong. He is, he's, he is yeah. batting a thousand so far in the series. He's literally a genius. <laughs> And he's so much smarter than everybody else, and it's insane. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I just don't understand. I did want to say in terms of the um, the identical twin, there's this Dostoevsky book called The Double, which is really, I mean, I guess it's an archetype of a story, right, where it's like you have an identical twin. And, like, they, uh, you know, a guy comes in, and it's, like, the same as this other guy and he's more charismatic and he's more, everybody likes him and he's doing the things that this main character can't do. So it, it was cool. Part of why I like this episode is because it was drawing on like an archetypal story and it made sense and it wasn't, you know, it was relying on tropes, but was doing new and cool stuff with it, which is when yeah. Star Trek shines, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like, I like it when they, lean on literature or lean on archetypes or lean on sort of classic stories and try to do their own twists with it. And I think that they were doing that. And it was nice that it was one story. It wasn't like they're doing something else and lore is in this episode. That would have really been problematic. And I think focusing on one thing at a time allows them to elaborate on scenes and have scenes where lore and data are kind of intellectually sparring, you know what I mean? And yeah. build tension. So in that way, it was it was a lot better than it has been. And I liked that. I liked the buildup. You know, they get to the planet, and they were like, "What is it?" It's really a mystery. Although I think it would have been perfect for Data to put on his Sherlock Holmes costume, like he's literally figuring out his own, his own mystery. Right? Wouldn't it have been great if he comes out with his pipe and he's like, "Sir," you know, <laughs> like, or at the end they have to do some sort of. I was thinking that they were going to bring both Data and Lore out, and that they were going to have to like test them somehow to see which one was the real Data. You know, you know, I was really hoping for uh, the classic, 
the two of them are standing side by side yes. and maybe like Wesley has a gun pointed at them. <laughs> and exactly. he's like, which one is it? <laughs> which one is you? And they're both going like, it's me. I promise, Wesley. You exactly. Know me. You know me. <laughs> I was hoping for that too. Or like they're on the bridge and Picard is like doing some sort of interesting like intellectual test that only Data would know, you know? No, that would have been great. That would have been a great scene. If, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. If there had to been, had to have been some sort of interrogation scene where, yeah. And that's a like, classic thing too, like doing some sort of, is it the Sphinx or it's like the two guards at the door to hell or something like that or whatever it is where it's like. Or one always lies and one always tells the truth. Yeah, exactly. What, what, yeah. if you were your brother, what would you say to me? Right. That would be cool for them to rely on that in some ways, yes. you know, bring some like mythology into it. Cause yeah, they already right. are like, you know, Dostoevsky in my opinion is almost mythology already. like the double, right. I'm sure that goes back even beyond that. So. I thought that would have been a cool ending. I thought the ending, they're still... Because it was just the two androids throwing each other around a room. <laughs> uh, full of empty cartons. Yeah, it was yeah. <laughs> It was definitely cheesy. When we don't need... To, you know, Star Trek's not about the violence, or at least it, it didn't used to be. It seems like it is now. But it should be about an intellectual... Especially between two super androids, supercomputers, yeah. like... It should be about an intellectual sparring. And Data is smarter than Lore because he has this thing. And, like, yeah. I think it would have been cool to see. Okay, and so. And they had some of that. They had some of that. So the writers knew that that was going to be the most interesting. They had to have known that that was the most interesting part of the episode. Because they're, what, they're, what they're talking about is, like, what makes something human, right? And so Lore's right. like, I'm more human than you, brother. Also, the way that he says brother, I don't know if you've ever um, watched Arrested Development, but no. Buster always says like hello brother um and it just reminded me of that uh, we can if this was a youtube series we'd cut to a scene of him saying hello brother but anyway um yeah i just thought it would have been a cool ending to see like it's a they're so close they're like they're getting deeper and deeper and, and it's making me feel happy because i'm ex i'm excited about how they are gonna learn their own characters you know but like yeah the existential questions of like, what is it that makes a human, right? Is it cunning and evil or is it like curiosity, which is what data has, you know? And I think having some sort of test at the end that leaned into that aspect of data's character would have been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're tiptoeing around writing a great episode. They're, they're, they really are. <laughs> they are. They're, they're almost there. Um, it's getting it's so, better. Yeah, it is. It's so annoying, though, when we watch these and we discuss them, and you know, in a few minutes, we've come up with a better ending than. I mean. Yeah, totally. It's not that, and also like Gene Roddenberry co-wrote this episode. Think, but you would right. you would think that he would know better because I trust him. I don't know if I trust the other writers, but like. I feel like he has the core ideas and then they just like go off of that kind of like with the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones where it's like there's this genius behind it, like who wrote really good stuff but then these like hack writers end up writing like the filler for it and that they don't really yeah. understand the real themes like I believe that Gene Roddenberry knew like when he created Data as a character okay this is it's going to be a really cool character that deals with what it is to be human, which I think is what a lot of the tropes of Star Trek, or not the tropes, but like the cool aspects of Star Trek are. But I think, yeah, in terms of stuff that they could have added that I thought would have been cool in terms of character development, 
you know, we, we talk about Tasha Yar and how the only thing we know about her are like the, the rape gangs and this, but that's it. Not even like just that they existed. <laughs> and right. then, so we know in that one episode that her and Data had sex, supposedly, right? So right. there's at the beginning, Tasha keeps talking, kind of asking Data these questions. Like it's, they're edging on her, like caring about him. Like Data, you don't remember this? Data, you don't remember that? And I was saying, wouldn't it be interesting if they were kind of dating and she was trying to have to deal with like where, you know, if she really cared about him and was worried about him and maybe that could have been the end, like her talking, trying to, you know, she loves him, trying to understand it. Like that could have been an interesting story, you know, and it it would work with her backstory. It's like, you know, man has betrayed her because of the rape gangs from where she came from. So she ends up dating an Android and she's still trying to find the humanity in him. And he's trying to learn how to be a partner. Like that could have been a really interesting subplot that goes throughout. I mean, it it might've been ahead of its time had they gone that route because human machine love is popular now. Right. I mean, like her, this could have been a pre her, her. Totally. We had the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix. We have uh, Wanda and Vision from the, from uh, you know the MCU. Um, yeah, we got a Blade lot, Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, lots of examples now that actually work really well. Um, yeah, and I think maybe they just didn't again. Once again, they didn't know what they had at the time. And I, I know it's it just. It's a detriment to the character of Tasha Yar, who is pretty flat. And then Data's a great character, but it would have been so much more interesting if he had this sort of growing love story. It didn't even, it doesn't have to be like a main point, but like, oh, they're dating kind of, you know, or she has feelings for him and they're trying to understand that because that that would have just added more, a lot more. So that was one of my initial notes. So I guess we'll just go throughout the episode then. Okay. Um, There's one scene where... Data's practicing sneezing in front of the mirror, right? And that could have been an interesting thing. Like, Wesley says something like, oh, you know, what is something that you can, you know, like, they just missed an opportunity for Wesley. Instead of saying, saying Wesley, shut up, they say, You're, that's an interesting point. He is acting kind of weird. Let's bring them both in. It's like, instead of them, the the sort of premise relying them on the whole crew being idiots, yeah. they can rely on them being smarter, and so they bring Data and Lore into the bridge and Wesley quizzes them. Or like there's a whole scene where they're all kind of like trying to figure out who who is who. And then they go into the conference room and they're like, well, what do we think? You know what I mean? Yeah. That would be pretty interesting. So I was thinking that could come back. I said Chekhov's sneeze, but maybe not. It didn't come back. It would have been cool. Um, oh, but in, the point of par- partially what I wanted to bring up is he says like, oh, the common cold has been eradicated. Which with the coronavirus now, I'm like, that's never going to go away. It's just going to evolve. So it's kind of funny that they would... It's like, the, the common cold isn't just one thing, right? Right. That's such a... That's stupid. I don't want them to bring it up anymore. So... <laughs> um, so then there's this quote from Jordy. He's like, an entire Starfleet... Sorry. <laughs> an entire Starfleet crew did disappear down there, sir. So that's like the reason that Picard can't go down to the surface. So instead they send uh, Riker... Worf, Tasha Yar, Data, and Jordy. 
like their entire bridge crew. It's like okay, like, so like the next the after Picard, the next five most important members of the crew. Yeah, it's like okay, Mr. President, like you can't come <laughs> with us. We're gonna send the vice president, the head of like you know, like the the, the speaker the of the rep, house, the, the, rep, the speaker yeah. of the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the secretary of state and the first right. lady, <laughs> like, and it's right. like what? Okay, and it, also okay, so. The beginning sort of overture when uh, when Picard's saying, like, you know, Stardate, blah, blah, blah. Like, we, we are, I know, you know, we're close to the planet where Data was found, so we're going to go check it out. But it's, like, sketchy, right? So Jordy again, says that line, the entire Starfleet crew did disappear down there, sir. Okay, so I was like, so why are you even going there, then? Shouldn't you ask Starfleet headquarters first? Like, they're just kind of randomly stopping by? I mean, I know that it's... I don't know how much autonomy they have as a as a crew, right? Like, can they just do whatever they want? Right. It seems sketchy. Like, oh, we don't... There's still a mystery as to why hundreds of people disappeared on this planet. Maybe we should not go there. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't really defined, like, the... I mean, <clears throat> okay. So, like, in the opening... The opening... The, the introduction to, the, to every episode... Uh, it says, like, the mission of the Enterprise is to explore new worlds and seek out new life, right? Right. But, Go where no but, man has gone before. Sure. But that's not a job. I mean... It's pretty <laughs> I mean, that's, vague. That's, yeah, exactly. That's vague. And so, again, uh, yeah, a lot of, like, Star Trek fans are just going to be, like, rolling their eyes. But who's assigning them to go where? You know? Like... Are they just drifting through space? I would say no, because sometimes and they have missions like we've been we've been assigned to escort these bug people to a meeting, right? So they have yeah. missions. In my eyes, they're like a naval vessel, right? They can't just sure. do whatever they want. Yeah. So it's confusing that they would go to this dangerous. But it's like we're gonna stop by Somalia for no reason, you know? Like <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's that was confusing to me. Who? What's the chain of command, right? Because there are admirals and there are other people. Okay, and then okay. So I was look. We were looking at the credits, right? Gates Gates McFadden. I was like, that's a hell of a name. I was like, that's got to be a fake name. And so I looked it up, and it is Cheryl. Apparently, she uses Cheryl McFadden for her choreography and Gates for her acting. Mm. That's a, a fun tidbit. That okay. most people probably know, but I was just like, that's kind of a weird name. Um, so they get there to a dead world, right? And here's where my nitpicks begin. So they arrive, and Jordy's like, it's This a... is where they begin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's not, yeah, touche. This is where <laughs> some serious this is, where nit... <laughs> they, this is where the nitpicks continue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They never stopped. Really. Or started. It was immediately. So, okay, so they get down to the dead world. Jordy says a couple things. Oh, it's a dead world. And he's like, everything is completely dead here. And then he picks up some of the soil and he's like, there's still some life in the soil. I was like, uh, so is it a dead world or is it not? Why have that line in there, writers? That makes no, just, it's cool that it's a dead world. Leave it at that. Right. You know what I mean? And then he's like, okay. They're pretty cap. This is what I wrote. They're pretty cavalier with search parties. They just beam their most important people down to the planet's surface. No oxygen. It's like it's a dead world, but there's somehow breathable air on it. That makes no sense. 
You know what I mean? Right. One line of dialogue in one episode where they're just like, you know, we're giving we give them some sort of injection so they can breathe the service's air, right? Like, come on, it's or, not. Or why not have them wear spacesuits? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, you know. And it would be cool. It makes sense. It doesn't even have to be as you know, like the the breathing so every thing. Planet, every planet they go to has breathable air. Like that's that's suitable for human lungs. Yeah, that's right. insane. <laughs> Especially a dead planet. No right. way. Are you kidding me? Right. And that's just. I'm not even talking about like air pressure. Yeah. Right. right. Or like. I mean, we're just talking about like pathogens that could be flying around through the air, or like the percentage of nitrogen to oxygen ratio. Yeah, not <laughs> it has to be perfect. Let alone, let alone the size of the planet, which would affect like the density of the atmosphere. I mean, they could get the bends as soon as they land on the surface of the planet. Yeah, I haven't even thought about. You know that. what I mean? Right. There's so much, so many factors, <laughs> and they just beam their most five like you know top 10 most important crew, five of them onto yeah. this thing yeah. with no, it's like, what? I mean, fine. We'll just, you, you know, roll the dice and assume that all these planets have an Earth-like atmosphere. Is that what M-class M means livable, but does that mean that it has the same oxygen makeup? I don't think so. <laughs> um, that's insane. Yeah, one one thing, like they give them a little injection. They're like, this, this should make you... Be able to breathe the surface air or and like, you know, right. calibrate your body. Great. I right. can believe that. One thing. Don't be fucking lazy. Like Yeah. <laughs> God. Um Okay. <laughs> so they <laughs> So they get down to like this platform where data was found, right? And they're like, um Jordy walks over to this rock wall and he's like, This was made to look like it was formed naturally. And then he like presses this button and this door opens to this secret compound. And I was like, uh, first of all, classic trap door. Everyone just sprints in. No worries. Again, I was like, do they want to die? They just run into this compound. Like immediately the door opens and Tashi R just runs in. And it's like, shouldn't they be careful? And then I was like, also, can't their scanners discover this massive hidden compound? And then I was remembering their scanners in that second episode, the Wakanda Forever one where yeah. they're just like dots on the screen. I was like, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but you would assume that if they can travel faster than the speed of light, that they can scan. That they could like generate a map of like an underground facility yeah. based on like, based on like radar or something. We can like, do that right now. Yeah. You know? Right. right. <laughs> so it's dumb. I'm pretty sure we could do that in the eighties too. I don't understand why they couldn't. Or whenever this was made. Like the 90s? I'm pretty sure that technology existed to like see underground buildings. Like, <sighs> So that's stupid. And then it's like, so then I, I was thinking, okay, so they discovered data on this planet, right? And there was a, dis a distress signal. So the people that found data just like picked data up and left and didn't look around at all. Because it took Jordy 10 seconds to find that door. He's like, oh, here it is. Boop. And then the door opens. It's like... These people that found data didn't look around or even accidentally lean on the wall, which is what I thought was going to happen, which would have been so lame. Or maybe not, but, you know, like, classic lean on the wall and the trap door opens. Right, right. So. Scooby-Doo type scenario. Yeah, exactly. It was a little <laughs> Scooby-Doo. And then, okay, so they go and they find the laboratory immediately, which, again, I was like, how big is this compound? And they find 
they're like find the child's drawings and they're like data's having these memories which i think was a pretty cool scene he's like oh i kind of remember yeah so the drawings right so this is where the episode pulled me in yeah and i was like i was on board for whatever was going to happen next because i really like it, it was almost like it was kind of going into horror movie territory right or like yeah you know because the drawings were kind of spooky how they were it's like these these like screaming people looking up into the sky at this big like crystal shape which looked like an exploding a, star a supernova a star going supernova or something like that right it was vague enough some that it was of, cool yeah and i was thinking oh that's definitely going to be some sort of like <clears throat> you know star explosion type event right um kind of like a natural disaster in space type thing it's a good Um, movie title natural disaster in space in space a space tornado (laughs) right and so i'm looking at like okay so it's got this big crystal shape in the sky i'm like man it's really spooky looking at all all the screaming people and the big crystal shape and like oh man i hope they i really hope it, it does go this route and i hope they explain what happened to these people yeah and then and then when it turns out that the big crystal shape in the sky is literally just a big crystal. <laughs> it's just, it was not, it was not a child's artistic rendering of an explosion. There was, was actually just, looked kind of scarier than the real thing. Yeah. It was just <laughs> literally just a big space crystal. Yeah. So <laughs> I want to, I want an episode where the giant space crystal fights the giant space jellyfish. <laughs> That'd be badass. It's just not why. That would be why horrible. why make it that? You know, like the idea of a whole planet being wiped out by a supernova is way cooler than a space crystal. A space tornado would have been cooler, actually. <laughs> you know, like there's a way to make something that looks like that creepy, but this wasn't creepy. No. You know, I, they haven't got they haven't got anything creepy yet. I think this was the first time that I was like, ooh, that's a little creepy with yeah. with the child's drawings. But then yes. the reveal was really shitty. Um, right. So, yeah. What if it was like, you know, what this is something that would be cool. What if the children were the only ones that could see it? And so they drew it. And then so Wesley could see it, but then none of the adults saw it and they didn't believe him. <laughs> that would be another one. That could have been cool. Right. I mean, they could have complicated it in a way that was cool, right? Um yeah, I don't know. I think I was definitely intrigued. I was intrigued when they found the child's drawings. I was intrigued. I was like, oh, it's a lab. Oh, they're finding body parts. Oh, what's it going to be like, right? And then Tasha Yar kind of like clicks in. She's like, we've searched the entire compound. There's hundreds of rooms. I was like, you, le- you left two minutes ago. How is that possible? <laughs> that was stupid. But okay, so they, okay, and then here comes maybe my most complex nitpick of the episode. And it, it's it's kind of amended later, but it may actually confuse me even more. So I said, okay, so they found Data, right, on that slab, picked him up, and somehow he ended up in Starfleet as a commander. It seems sort of fast and random, right? Like, we're finding this android that we don't... I didn't know that they didn't know where he came from. This is the first episode that I've ever heard of them talking about him not knowing where he's from, right? Right. I've always right. thought it's like... I, I, I figured... I figured that androids were pretty, like, common and that they were created by humans as, you know, 
sort of servants. Um, I think I thought Data was rare, but I thought that they knew where he came from. For yeah, sure. the idea that they don't even under, they, they didn't even know his origin, I thought was really weird. It's like finding a nuclear the, bomb, or it's like finding a weapon and then just using it immediately. <laughs> like <laughs> what? You know, and then, like, they made him not a, not, they, okay, we find a genius supercomputer. We're going to make it a commander of a starship. Well, he went to, he went to Starfleet Academy. So he talks about that later. He's like, if you want to do it the way I did, okay, then this is a timeline thing that I got confused by. Because Jordy was like, this planet has been dead for 30 years, 20 to 30 years. And Data's like, 26, to be precise. And it's like, okay, so they found him four years ago, is what I understood from that right but then he said to, to lore later on he's like in order to become what i became i went to starfleet academy for four years and i spent 10 to 12 years on this and i was like okay so you were actually found 16 years ago yeah. like that was confusing i just and also did he go immediately to starfleet like i kind of this opened a lot of questions for me where I was like, so they found him and they were like, great, this thing seems alive. Like, let's send him to Starfleet Academy, even though we don't know what it is or where it came from. And this whole planet is dead. My first assumption yeah. would be that he killed everybody. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Also, what are the odds <clears throat> that the crew that has Data as a crew member Slim. Would, bump, would bump into the facility that has the only other Data rep? like replicant in existence slim i would say (laughs) in the entire galaxy yeah pretty slim if we're being generous if we're being generous the odds are slim yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's good that's okay so that was kind of confusing also i'm realizing i don't need the crystalline entity right right okay i was thinking shouldn't have been one in the first place i like the creepy kids drawings but maybe it's not maybe they're like it's an interpretation of lore i was thinking that lore killed all the colonists that would have been cool i think and they disassembled him because he killed a bunch of them and then they left right or Or, used lore used some sort of weapon yeah that that looked like that or something he started a supernova or something like that that would have been awesome yeah Anything would have been more interesting than just a giant crystal thing. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. So that was, I think that would do have we, been. You know what? Do we even like, <laughs> I, I said that this was the best episode so far. Does that even mean anything at this point? No, nothing means I, anything. I, oh God. I like this episode. I still like it, but there's just some, I would say I'm at 70%. It's, this is, this episode is passable. It was better than than all the ones that came before. Yes, but, but there's still a lot of problems. Still a lot of problems. <laughs> like and they, so they, there's just these moments where I'm like, why is Data not Sherlock? Why are they not doing this? Do they not understand their own characters? Why is Tasha not caring about Data? Or why is it not awkward? You know what I mean? Why is yeah. Picard being a dick in this episode for no reason? <laughs> why are they not believing Wesley? Don't they remember last week when Wesley saved their lives again? Like, at this point, they should... Anytime Wesley has a question, they should defer to him. Be like, yeah, okay, like, you've saved our lives a bunch of times. We're never going to tell you to shut up again. Every time you've ever told us anything, you've been correct. We've literally acted like idiots. Except for the one time that he went crazy and, like, almost ruined the ship. But But then he ended up saving the ship anyway. Yeah, exactly. Even when he's crazy. 
<laughs> okay, so then there's this funny scene that I thought was like some sort of like Freudian type slips from everybody that I was like, so um, they're in the conference room, right? And we got Data, Jordy, Riker, and Picard. And, and um, Riker's like, so Data, he's like very awkward about it. He's like, D- uh, do you think that this robot has all of your parts? And then, and then the next question is from Jordy. Can we turn it on? I, I was like, is this really? I said, my next note is Star Trek is really about sex. And they're wondering if it's a sex robot. Because we all know that that's the first thing that somebody would make. Which made me think why it's not like, you know, a Playboy model. That, like, why would they make a kind of weird looking android Instead of like a, a bang robot, which which is what I felt like they were kind of like if it was a if, if he was a human. Yeah, if he looked of, like a human, why would it not look like you know? Kind of vague. He's kind of vaguely pedophile looking. Yeah, he's like, creepy looking. He's a dude that if you passed him on the street, you'd be like, Ugh. he probably has like. He's like a pharmacist. He looks like a he pharmacist. Probably, he probably has like ten bags of garbage in his apartment that he still has to take out, and like <laughs> he probably has like like five wads of just like used toilet paper next to his bed and like (laughs) exactly like that's exactly what i thought five (laughs) wads he should look like seven Uh, of nine like this really hot blonde robot like you know to me that's you know what i'm saying like like if you can make him look like anything you want why have him look like the way that he looks. I'm assuming I'm assuming Dr. Soong looks is Brent Spiner. I'm pretty sure I know that that that's what he is like an older version of him. So I think he made it after himself. But still, oh, but okay. still, still though. So anyway, <laughs> you know, there was some funny weird sexual tension going on in that one scene that I was like why is this happening? Okay, so Also it's like okay, so it's I get that they needed to do the placement and payoff with, like, the children's drawings, which for some reason we were talking about a lot. But then, like, this is my note. Why would they put a drawing it's about the... coolest the... part of the episode. It is. It is the coolest part. You're right. <laughs> they put a drawing of the end of the world that their children did in their office. That's weird. It's like you, your kid draws a picture of him stabbing his sister and you, like, put it up in your office. Oh, a proud parent. It's like, mm, don't they? The fridge. Yeah, don't <laughs> they have magnet. nice other pictures? So okay, so yeah. then, so then he has a a shut off switch on his back, which I also had a lot of problems with. It's like okay, so he has an off switch on his back, the middle of his back. Like, what if he bumps <laughs> into a wall? They've never found that before, and no one knows about it. Yeah. Beverly Crusher doesn't know that. He shows her. He's like, I have an off switch, but don't tell anybody. Um, and I said, I wonder if this will ever come up again outside of this episode, because I know it's going to come up at the end of this episode somehow. Of course it does. They yeah. turn it back on. But I was like, um, you know, I de- let's look. Let's just keep an eye on I guarantee you, we'll, we'll watch the whole thing. We can make a montage of all the times the data gets hit in the back and doesn't turn off. Um, so then it was cool that Lore had human eyes, whereas Data had like normal or like weird eyes, you know. But then when he kind of switched, they made his eyes not human anymore. So that was confusing. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Um, I said, my next note is, I mean, Data's a great character, and I'm glad they're finally leaning into it. That's not just some dumb, unknown alien on board. But then pretty much immediately after that, it reverts to that same trope where it's like, uh-oh, they don't know that lore is actually Data, <laughs> right? Right. Um, and then they have they have lore, and he's like sitting at the control panel, and Jordy's like teaching him how to steer the ship. And I was like, I feel like it's a little early to have him just be on the bridge, walking around freely, right? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? They're like, we don't know where this guy came from. Again, mysterious circumstances that they find him. Maybe there's a reason he's disassembled. They just throw him back together for no reason. Without even thinking, like... Walk around the bridge. Touch touch whatever you want. It's fine. Wouldn't it have been cool if they have, like, a whole episode about whether or not they should... Not an episode, but maybe a couple scenes about how, like, well, like, what if he's disassembled for a reason? What if, yeah. you know, why are we doing this, you know? And there's how do like, we know what his intentions are? Exactly. We still don't yeah. know for sure whether or not, you know, he murdered the colonists. Even Data, right. it's like, do we know, you know? Right. You wouldn't just pick up a random person on some planet and trust them immediately. Also, I think, yeah, exactly. Some random android on a dead world. <laughs> like, oh, let's just put yeah. him... So then I also think it would have been cool if if uh, Lore had like human skin or like a little bit more human-ish skin because he's supposed to be more human. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Then they're tracking Lore and Beverly is like, you're tracking him? I was like, what authority does Beverly have to question Picard? And of course they should track him. You know? So... The next scene, Wesley suspects Lore, and um, of course he should. And then Wesley comes up, and he's like, Data's saying something. Well, Lore, disguised as, as Data, is saying like, oh, you know, the crystalline entity, let me talk to it. Um, and Wesley's like, I don't think so. And then they don't listen to him, right? Right. And he says, well, shut up, Wesley. And I'm just like, dude, it's so stupid. And then there's a scene where Worf ends up in an elevator with Lore, and he just beats the shit out of him, basically. Yeah. Which was... <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that scene. It's like... I mean, it, make, it makes sense, because they established in previous episodes that Data is, like, super strong because he's an android. So why wouldn't he... Why wouldn't Lore also be... But, yeah, I mean, it would have been cool it if it was sense. a red shirt and he just rips his head off or something. Like, wouldn't it have been cool if he killed a couple people? You know, like why just punch, he punch just... straight through their stomach or something? Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> so that was it. Was just like they didn't go far enough with that. And it's like I said, Worf got owned by Lore, which proves the danger of having Data on board without really knowing where he's from. Right. If I was a doctor, or if I was, like, a head of Starfleet, I'd be like, mm, let's keep this android on ice until we know exactly where it came from and what, how dangerous it is. But instead, they're just like, eh, suit it up. Let's just send it off on a ship with uh, a thousand people. He did pretty good in Starfleet, so... Yeah, exactly. He's probably not going to murder everybody. Nah. Yeah. So, anyway. There was a great scene where Data and Laura were talking back and forth, and at the end and throughout the episode. And you could just tell the difference between the characters because Laura was just so much more sort of like 
dramatic and human. And like even the way that he moved his mouth, I thought was different than Data's. I, I thought he was a great, he did a great job acting in this episode. So that wasn't the problem. I just thought everything else, like the scenes with Data and Laura were great. We needed more of those, right? We needed some intellectual intrigue and detective work. That would have been great. Sure. So then they, they zap Laura out into space and, and Wesley turns to Picard and his, uh, they, Picard and all these people come in after it's already done. It's, Where were you, you idiots? Like, how long does yeah. it take to get down there? Um, and also they're just like, la-di-da, sure, you know, use Transporter Bay blank. This is easy. Data. Yeah, right. Who's acting super weird. Um, and there's even a scene where Lore says something. Picard's like, make it so. And, and Laura doesn't understand it. And then he's like, do it. And, and Picard like looks at him like, hmm. But then he doesn't do anything about it. I was like, is he going to say like, maybe Wesley was right. You know? So then Wesley turns over to Picard after it's done. He says, Laura's gone permanently. And I was like, I doubt that. That's a pretty, that's a pretty bold statement. Yeah. He sh- all he needed to do was wink at the audience. Yeah. He looks right at the camera. For three seconds yeah. straight. <laughs> not blinking. Laura's gone permanently. That's He's it. definitely, definitely gone forever. And we will never see him again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, arguably one of the best bad guys with Q, up there with Q that we've established in this show. He's gone forever. <laughs> I'm sure of it. <laughs> so... And then Picard's like, get back to work, Ensign. And it's like, how about an apology, you dick? How about a thank you and sorry for not believing you? Yeah. How about next time I'm not going to tell you to shut up for no reason? <laughs> and I, yeah, the last note I have is Wesley just saved their lives again. And there was no, I'm sorry, I told you to shut up. There's just get back to work. And then there's some dumb line between Riker's like, Picard asks Riker something about, like, is Data more human than all of us? And Riker's like, maybe, or something like that. And it ends. I'm like, what? These two were barely in this episode. Ugh. That was... I think Picard was an asshole in this episode for no reason. And Everybody was. Yeah, exactly. Except for Wesley. It's weird when we like Wesley. Like, I, I actually can't stand that character. But, like, now I'm, I feel bad for him because it's like... He's a genius. He's smarter than everybody on board consistently. I'd like an episode where right. he thinks something is going on and it's wrong. That would be interesting. You know what I mean? Right. That would make more sense in regards to, um, you know, I don't know. It's just so frustrating. Yeah, so great episode. <laughs> Best episode we've ever seen. Still, still annoying. Um, so yeah, do we want to do our rating at the end? We're at about 45 minutes, so that's a good amount of time. So so once again, just as a reminder, this is just relative to all the other episodes we've seen. Uh, so I'd give it, I guess, like an 8 out of 10 for overall enjoyment. Relative to the rest of the episodes, I would say this is an 8 or 9. I'd say 8.5 out of 10. Sure. Be, for me. Simply because there was still cool stuff. There was a bit of mystery. The child's drawings that we've discussed at length are cool. 
I like the the double, you know, the Dostoevsky stuff. I like some of the vague existential stuff that they should have leaned in into more, you know. But again, like, everybody tells me. Actually, one of my friends was talking to me the other day, and she's a huge TNG fan, and she was saying, like, wait till you get to season three or four. And I'm like, do we have to wait that long for a good episode? Right. I'm excited for the day when we are literally, like, you know, at 10 minutes, we're like, this episode was awesome. We don't really have much to say about it. That's bad. I want to, right. I want it to be good. And I think it has really good potential. There's, there's shows that I watch that are like really bad. And I'm just like, this couldn't have been better. It's just bad writing, stupid characters. But the characters are interesting. Worf is an interesting character. Data is an interesting character. Picard is interesting. Where was Diana Troy in this episode? She was on vacation, I guess. What the fuck? I didn't <laughs> She could have been an interesting character in this too, you know? Oh God. They, it's like they have, they have all the pieces, but they keep fucking it up somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're, they're almost there. I would say that it's the writing's fault. Like the, the, the script for each episode, the characters themselves yes. are great. The setting I can is see good. how, yeah, there's enough going well that I can see, I believe that this will eventually be good. It, w- it will eventually be a good show. Uh, I think so. Yeah. It, it, well, what I'll say is that it could be really cool, and I hope it gets there. Yeah, so, it has all the ingredients. It has the right ingredients. just needs better writing. That's the main issue, it's just the writing. Yeah, I mean, I can I can look past like lame uh, effects, cheesy acting. That wouldn't totally. That wouldn't matter. To, that wouldn't matter to me at all. I like those. I actually things. like those things. Yeah. Yeah, I also kind of hate Patrick Stewart. I know that's going to be after watching like the Red Letter Media stuff about uh, Picard and just like reading a little bit more about his attitude towards Star Trek and what is he? He called them those people. Right. Yeah, how he was never really very passionate about it. He never really gave a shit. No. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's just kind of an asshole, and like people, I, feel I like... mean, it's whatever. He, you can't really expect actors to always be super passionate about projects that they're working on. But you could though, and I think one of the things that would be cool is that like. You know, like, I feel like Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen get held up as, like, these two icons together often, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, if you look at the way Ian McKellen portrays Gandalf, you know, like, he loved really that character. Yeah. He was, like, you know, he didn't have to be, like, Starvon or, you know what I mean? Like, when he's fighting yeah, the Balrog, yeah. like, he's so into it. But And then you cut to Picard being, like, Beverly. No, it's just like, come on, dude. Put some fucking chutzpah into it. From an outside perspective, yeah, it seems like Patrick Stewart doesn't necessarily enjoy being there all that much. No. But, yeah. I'm sorry that you're making a million dollars an episode. And that your whole career was built around this show. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's resentful that of that idea that he's... I'm a British actor. Really, I should be... You if know. not for this, if not for this silly sci-fi TV series that was made for nerds, he right. would be nothing. Where, where yeah, exactly. Whereas, <laughs> and even is the performances between Ian McKellen as Magneto and 
Patrick Stewart as uh, whatever the fuck his name is. I almost said James McAvoy, Professor X. Like, it's pretty flat. Like, Magneto's an icon. And, like, eh. So, yeah. My theory right now is that Patrick Stewart isn't that good of an actor. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Prove me wrong, somebody. <laughs> Suggest a movie that he's good in. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a, exactly, he's such an icon at this point that no one ever really questions whether or not he's actually good. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you what a good, it's like, tell me a non, like, a non-action movie that he actually does good acting in. I'll tell you what a great one. I mean, he's good. No, I'm actually starting, I'm convincing myself that I really don't like him. You know that movie, it's called Sherlock with Ian McKellen? When I watched that, I was like, oh my God, he's a great actor. I've never had that moment with Patrick Stewart, you know? So, he doesn't have the same spark of, of joy for acting that Ian McKellen does, no. Like, when you see Ian McKellen acting, you can tell he's having a great time. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen Patrick Stewart give a good performance. He's not a bad actor. He's, he's a competent actor. Is he a great actor, though? Is he? I, I does know. he deserve icon? Isn't he Sir Patrick Stewart, dude? Does he deserve to be a knight? <laughs> I don't think so. Is he? Has he been knighted? Uh, I'm pretty sure. I know Ian McKellen has. I'm pretty sure he has too. And it's like, come on. I mean, yeah, maybe people will will yeah, hate on this, he, but he actually, yes, you're right. Yeah, that's horseshit. Ian McKellen deserves to be a knight for his Gandalf performance. Like. That is such a great character, and it could have been bad. You know, it's like, these things are kind of hackneyed. Like, oh, I'm playing a wizard fighting a, a fallen demon? Or, you know, that could right. be lame. But, like, honestly, that scene in Lord of the Rings when Gandalf is fighting the Balrog is one of the best things I've ever watched in my life. I was listening to the soundtrack the other day, and I got chills. That doesn't happen to me for, for Star Trek, you know? But it could, right? Data on the other hand, is really committed. He's like, I'm playing an android on a spaceship. Like, you could be like, oh, that's stupid. I'm just going to, like, you know, give it 65%. But he goes all in, and it makes it an iconic character. I mean, I I know that um, the actor who plays Riker supposedly also doesn't really care that much about Star Trek. But but even Riker, at least, sort of looks like he's having a good time being there, you know? Yeah, when when he has an episode that is centered around his character, I feel like he yeah. does a pretty good job. And he's directed episodes. Like I, I feel like he has more yeah. of a appreciation for the the stuff than than uh, Patrick Stewart does. And just seeing like I don't know. I just think that it's really frustrating to see somebody not give a shit. Right? Like right. you don't have to be like overacting. But why not? You know, you know who really gives a shit in this show is is the guy who plays Q. He chews the scenery every fucking time he's in it. Oh yeah. Brent Spiner definitely, definitely. chewing the fucking scenery this episode. Like when yeah. he was being Lord, you could tell he was enjoying himself so much and that he was a good right. actor when he was being having a conversation with himself. That must have been so difficult. You know? Cuz you know that they're filming like one camera, you know what I'm saying? Like yep. so Yeah, definitely. I think Worf does a pretty great job, and like I, when he starts to get more and more stuff about him, and there's more Klingon episodes, I think that's going to be great. Yeah. But like, then you cut back to that episode where Picard has to read that 
uh, alien language. And it's just like so half-assed. So we'll see. Maybe he'll, uh, but uh, uh, I don't know. That's my biggest complaint right now. Everything else to me is fine, passable. The nitpicks are just for the the hell of it. But like, it's, it kind of breaks my heart to see somebody not giving a shit. The movies that I like, even if they're bad, somebody gives a shit. You know what I mean? The people that are in them. Like, The Lord of the Rings is great because everybody in them is so committed. Andy Serkis. Right. Like, they all got tattoos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That <laughs> means the they're fellowship. committed. the fellowship, yeah. Like, even every, even sub-characters, like Grima Wormtongue. Like, to just, these people, like, they could have been lame characters, but they're fucking Theoden. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Come on. So... Well, that was a long rant about how much Patrick Stewart does not give a shit about Star Trek, but... It's important to point out because yeah. he's such an yeah. icon and he's the face of this series and he couldn't it's give true. less of a shit. And it's, it's embarrassing. <clears throat> yeah. On that note, hopefully we'll have more episodes regularly. We're going to pick back up. So tune in next time for whatever the next episode's called. Hopefully Patrick Bye. Stewart can give a shit next time.